Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And let's pray. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And may we hear and listen and obey. That gives glory, in a way that gives glory to you, Holy Trinity. Amen. Well, we're continuing um, our our series on spirit-filled living. So what? What does it mean to be a Christian who is full of God's spirit? Christ died. He rose again. And before he ascended to heaven, he promised that he wouldn't leave his followers as orphans. But he would leave another counsellor, the spirit of truth. So when at Pentecost, as the followers met in the upper room, afraid for their lives, scared, fearful... What difference did it make to them that they received the spirit of truth, the spirit who is a comforter and counsellor? And more than that, what difference does it make to you and I? What difference does it make to his people today who are also, if we believe in Christ as our Saviour and Lord, filled with God's spirit? Well, our passage shows us something, I think, of what it means. Being filled with God's Spirit means that we reflect something of the character and the nature of God himself. God lives in us through his Spirit. And of course, we could look at lots of different characteristics of God that become ours as his Spirit lives in us. But today, I want us to look at generosity That's a great place for us to focus as we come to celebrate bread and wine later on, as we celebrate Christ's death and his resurrection. We celebrate God's generosity, that even when we were still in our sins, Christ died for us, and we're asked to respond in faith. God is generous in his creation He's generous in his rescue of us, in his blessing on us, and in his promises to us. God is by nature generous. So what does it mean for us, his people, to receive his spirit? 
Well, one of the things we see in spirit-filled people of God is that they too are generous. Just look back one verse to uh, the passage that we heard read. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They were filled with the Spirit. And what's the result? Well, verse 32, the result is that no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own and they shared everything they had. And then verse 33, wherever they preach, it has a tremendous impact and people came to faith in Christ. You see, they didn't just speak words, but their lives were backed up, confirmed uh, in what they preached. Or it should be the other way around, shouldn't it? The, what they preached was confirmed in the way that they lived. It's easy to lose sight of just how countercultural this was. The early church back in Roman times was visibly different in their attitude towards money and possessions. Probably the main way in which the world understood that this new Christian sect was different was their economic mindset. They had a radically different approach from the culture around them. They were recklessly generous in a way that seemed totally unreasonable to those that were on the outside. But this is the way they impacted their communities and what made outsiders looking in take notice. Their reckless and unreasonable generosity. The Roman emperor Julian saw it as he tried to revive pagan religions in the face of a growing Christianity. He angrily wrote this. this. He said, their success lies in their charity to all. They take care not only of their own poor, but ours as well. People listened to their preaching about the Lord Jesus and his resurrection because they were different. And one of their main differences was their use and attitude towards money. And why were they so different? Verse 31. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They experienced a filling of the Holy Spirit. And because of this, because of the experience of grace which comes through God's Spirit, their attitude to money is different. You see, Christianity is not about doing better or doing good works or working harder to be good. It's about new life, change life, grace, God's Spirit living in us. Now, a few weeks ago, I spoke about our vision and purpose as a church, which is about growing God's family, about how we want to see the people of North Oxford and beyond transformed by a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and with one another. I spoke about how I saw we might do that through focusing on transforming communities, developing godly leaders and growing churches. Transform, lead, grow. But if we're going to do that, we don't just need vision, we also need resource, finance and people resources that will make this happen. Now I know that generosity is not just about money. 
And as I speak about this today, I hope that you're thinking about how you might be generous with your time, with the gifts that you have, how you might be generous in serving him. Right now, we're looking for people to be generous in cooking meals on a meal rotor for those in particular need. We need people to serve in our youth and children's work. We're looking for people to be able to give lifts to those unable to transport themselves uh, or who might visit those in need of care. But I think that our generosity has to include money. And we're so good at ducking the bullet when it comes to money, aren't we? So I'm afraid I'm going to focus there. I don't want you to give because you agree with some vision, although I hope that you do. I also don't want you to give because you like the vicar or you like the staff, although again, I hope you do. I don't want you to give because this church in some way reflects your key passion for the church, universal, universal, whatever that might be. I want you to give because you're a changed, transformed person full of God's spirit who understands that God calls us to give and that it's good for us and for others. Being a generous, Holy Spirit-filled person leaves three results, I think, and we're going to look at them in turn. First of all, your attitude to money changes. Look at verse 32. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. Now, how on earth could that be? Most of us, if we're honest, only think about money as our money. I know, that, I know how that mantra goes because it, it whizzes around in my heart as well. I've worked hard for this money. I deserve it. I deserve more than her because I worked harder than she did. I do more hours. I'm more skilled than they are. This money is mine. But I think what this passage shows is that Christians have a different perspective. This money isn't mine. I don't see it as mine. Everything I have is from the Lord. When somebody asks us for money, most of us get a little bit touchy about it, don't we? But when God's spirit is at work within us, it's a different story. Tim Keller helpfully uses Dickens' story of A Christmas Carol to think about the experience of someone who has been changed by grace, albeit, in his case, just a little grace. You remember Scrooge. He's shown his greed and then uh, his future judgment by the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. And Scrooge is miserable because of his greed. The dream finishes with him seeing his own grave and then falling into it. And in this terrible picture, he wakes up to find joy of joys. It's Christmas morning and he's not dead. He's been given a second chance. He's been changed by grace and he looks at money differently because of it. And he schemes and plans to get rid of his money. It's almost as if he's been born again. 
And the Bible says the same thing. When you experience God's grace, his goodness, his generosity, you too will have a different way of looking at money. When we're born again, when we come, uh, become a Christian through faith and baptism, we receive God's spirit and we understand his goodness. We have a different way of looking at money. It's not that we have one more Christmas to be a good person. It isn't one more chance to get things right as it was for Scrooge. No, it's that Christ has paid for our failures. He's died for us. It's a recognition that we will never get it totally right. But Jesus has done it all for us. He says, here is my 100% record. It's all yours if you put your life in my hands and trust me. In business, we talk about the bottom line being the thing that really matters, don't we? That really tells us how we're doing. At the end of the day, with all expenses counted, have we made any money? So what's your bottom line? If the screen was pulled across and we were to see on it the, the uh, coming in and, the, and the, expenditure, the income and the expenditure of your bank account, would it tell us where your heart is? That fills me with fear. Our bottom line changes when we experience the love and generosity of Christ. I'm made right with God. I'm adopted as his child. On this Father's Day, I have a wonderful heavenly Father who will never leave me. I have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, nor fade. I have joy and power in the Holy Spirit. Tell yourselves these truths over and over. Remind yourself of God's generosity. And it will melt away your possessiveness and your love of money. The bottom line is this. You will always give your money effortlessly to anything which is your God. So if your salvation is Jesus, then you will give it away generously and recklessly to the church and to the poor. If your salvation is clothes, or your looks, or your stature or status, or your future security, then your money will go on those things. And if the suggestion that you give your money to the church and the poor makes you think, really? Then is your heart somewhere else? Being a spirit-filled follower of Christ will change our attitude towards money. Secondly, being a generous, Holy Spirit-filled Christian will change the way that we give. Before we experience God's generosity in his spirit, most of us give to charity in a way that is reactive. People have to come to us and ask us. It's my money, so if you want it, you need to come and ask. Now, so many people are incredibly generous who have, who have not been changed by the generosity of God. I'm not saying that it is only Christians who can be generous. Normally, once the heartstrings have been tugged and we feel the guilt, then we find our wallets and we give what we can. But once we've experienced God's generosity, his Holy Spirit fills us and makes us proactive rather than reactive. Isn't that what we see in Scrooge? That part of his delight on that Christmas day is that he starts to plan. 
He starts to be proactive in how he can get rid of his money. In order to be proactive about giving, you need to decide on an amount that you're prepared to give away. On a percentage. You need to have a guideline. You see, our tendency is to decide what we want to do and how we're going to live, and then we give God what is left over. But in the Old Testament, God's people are encouraged to give away 10% to support the ministry and the poor. That was the first fruits of the harvest. In the New Testament, there's little said about how much we should give. But if under the old covenant we're encouraged to set aside 10%, how much more under the new? Now I know you're sitting there thinking, but is that before tax or after tax? Should it go all to the local church or should that include my giving to other charities? Friends, I'm not entirely sure. I can give you my opinion afterwards if you want it. But the point is this, if you're going to give proactively, then you need to have a percentage to be working on. Do you have one? And I want to put a special plea out there to those of you who are just starting out earning money. Or perhaps have seen a significant change in income recently. Now is the time to be learning how to tithe. There will never be a time when you feel as though you have enough to start this journey. It will never happen. Start today. Spirit-filled people are proactive about their giving. When was the last time that you sat down with a budget of how much you were going to give and had fun working out how you were going to give it all away? That can be fun. Look at Scrooge. Thirdly, spirit-filled generosity changes the benefits of giving. If I haven't received God's generosity in his spirit, then the benefits to me of being generous is that I know that I'm a good person or a caring person. My conscience is salved because I've given. But if I give because I've experienced God's generosity and his spirit at work in my life, then I think there are other benefits to me and to others. To others because you can invest in a way that brings eternal change. Your money can create a wealth that will never perish. Your generosity can change other people as they witness your lifestyle and perhaps as they receive the results of your giving. But what about us? I think our giving, our generosity also changes us. Our culture puts a high value on money And because of the value we put on money, I think we're riddled with anxiety. I'm guessing here there are probably uh, three types of people. I said two in an earlier sermon and somebody picked me up on it. So first of all, some of you will be here and sitting here and thinking, but I am in serious debt. How do I give? If that's you, please come and speak to someone. Come and speak to me or Paul. 
we would love to point you in the direction of those that can help you. Please don't sit on your debt and be worried about it. Secondly, I think there are some of you here today that don't give because you're worried about your money and you feel that you don't have enough. Money or the feeling of the lack of it makes you worried and insecure. But when you experience God's generosity, that can change. There's a lovely interpretation of Jesus' words in the message version of the Bible that says this, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Generosity is an unforced rhythm of grace. He gave you life. He gave you his forgiveness. He gave you his son. He won't let you starve. His yoke and burden are easy and light. When we realize how good and generous God has been to us, we realize that money doesn't need to dominate our thoughts and our fears. The third category of people here may be those that have a lot of money. And maintaining a certain lifestyle is important to you. Comfort and pleasure and material things are important. But could it be that you too are controlled by money? I want to encourage you to consider changing your lifestyle. Restructure it so you can give freely before you spend. So you can know freedom and the delight of what it is to give away. Learn this unforced rhythm of grace. So how do we respond? Well, if you're a Christian here, if you've experienced God's generosity, if you know his Holy Spirit in your life, let me ask you this. First of all, do you see the power of money over you receding because of your generosity? Do you see and do you delight in your money changing other people's lives? Have you come to a place where people who know you and the world around you know that you are different because of the way that you use your money? And for those of you who are unsure where you stand with the Lord... You're unsure what to make of this Christianity thing. Perhaps you found this an immensely irritating sermon. What is this vicar doing talking about money? Does the idea of, 10% of, you, of giving away 10% of your income sound ridiculous? Well, friends, often money shows the bottom line of our hearts. If you don't know Christ as Lord, then this isn't about making you feel bad. You don't need to give your money away. You need to find the Christ that turns you into a person of reckless generosity. It's not your money that matters. It's your soul, your life into eternity. 
Generosity is a characteristic of God himself and he is generous to us. His Holy Spirit is alive and living in his people. How are you, how am I being changed into the likeness of God? And how are we an open-handed, generous people that reflect him? Let's pray. Loving Father, we, uh, we hate talking about money because uh, it cuts so close to our hearts. We thank you for your generosity to us. We thank you that all things come from you. Would you please help us to know, to know how we can give back to you in a way that honours you and that speaks to the world of your generosity to us. In Jesus' name, amen.